Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. How are we doing? All right. Still still out for you on we all or been up too much? Chilling out. Yeah. Bit of a quiz last night, but you know. How was that? You should have obviously didn't stay till the end, did you? No. Well, I, well, what we're going to do is last last week's quiz. Uh, Brownie didn't want to go to bed. It were it were berating us for going to bed. This week, giving it all Billy Big Balls. Yeah, I'm up till six. You know, I'm, we're on it all night. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to bed. All this. Well, a good hour, a good hour before we finish. We just got to. I'll see you in the morning, lads. <laughs> And just skulked off up to bed. Not, not, uh, not, uh, lads. I'm uh, feeling a bit rough. I'm, 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 I'm we have to go to bed. Just, uh, I'll see you in the morning, lads. You didn't, you didn't even um, see us leave. You were on the blower. It was yeah. only Chris. There was only Chris and Matty. Norm was on the phone. And honestly, I've sat down, and the room started spinning. I thought I could throw up live on YouTube here. Yeah, well, I, I, I wish you would have done. All over your computer. You know, like you know, like one of them, you know, like one of them scary things when, like, you're watching something and, and something jumps out at phone <laughs> and you shit your band. And that just, yeah, just, we are, just we are, just we are. Your peanuts coming up. Thing is, I just don't know why I didn't close. He's just closed me laptop. <laughs> you close the laptop for another hour. <laughs> but I think we we've near enough cracked the quiz. I think, have not we? It, it, it went down well. Thanks to everybody who joined, and we raised a few more quid. Yeah, I'm, I'm over, over a thousand pounds now for shaving my head, so it was well worth it. Brilliant, mate. Thank you very anybody much, everybody not... who's donated. Yeah, thanks everybody who's donated. Anybody who's not been on the quiz yet, um, live on YouTube Saturday night, half past seven, eight o'clock start. Patreons, the the codes on the Patreon wall. If you're not a Patreon, then we've just been asking for a small donation. Take a screenshot, send it into the Twitter DMs and you get the code to take part on the Kahoot app. I wasn't happy with my uh, quality of quiz, lads, I'll be honest. But the questions? What? Yeah, I let myself down. I let myself down. I let my family down. I weren't, you, you, let them, you let them down more with your actions later after the quiz than what you did with the, uh, the actual quiz questions. So I went to bed at about seven minutes past ten and I woke up wide awake at two o'clock to like, about 50 messages on the family group saying, oh, Chris has gone to bed, mortal. <laughs> it's a disgrace. Put, Write him out the will. Yeah. <laughs> just put a, put a screenshot of, like, you lot sat in the, just my lamp. Empty. <laughs> Empty space. <laughs> what were the messages? Are you all right? Are you okay? No, fuck that. They were just laughing. Yeah. <laughs> Are you all right? 
even on the screen, I could see I, I was great. Yeah. It was a good performance. So I, but it were, it were entertaining for us, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I can vividly remember, because I, I, I had a couple myself. I can vividly remember you kept trying to talk and your lips were moving, but nothing was really coming out. <laughs> it, was just, it was just more of a... I'll be honest, it's dangerous, this live YouTube stuff. I know it is. We could, we could, we could be opening a can of worms here. What the best thing is, I was giving it the beginning as well, saying it's a marathon, not a sprint. I'm in it for the long haul, lads. <laughs> no, Off your pot, son. It was funny. I, I keep watching it today. Just uh, uh, I'll see in the morning, lads. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, mate. I mean, if I, we, we can put it up somewhere, can't we? I'm sure. We can snip it up and put it up somewhere. Any minute, something <laughs> going on Twitter. But uh, this Wednesday, what we're doing this Wednesday, chaps? Well, okay, we're getting another one on the we? We're going, we're doubling up on the YouTube live shows. What, what yeah. what's this one called? Uh, under the caution, friends, in it. UT, UTC and friends. UTC it kind of evolved last night on the quiz. No, what? yes, it did. Norman, Dean Windass, comedian. All the way, it was, it was good crap when you went when you went to bed. It was brilliant. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what uh, what we have, what we do? Are we, are we just are we having a drink this Wednesday or what? Jesus, it's, it's turning me into an alcoholic. This lockdown. I know, yeah. I know. Crack, what, what, what's the crack on Wednesday? Uh, we're just going to get a few few lads on, aren't we? You yeah. get you guess one after another, quick fire, not quick fire, but yeah, yeah. Well, like 10, 10, 15 minutes. We we everybody. We're going to try and get people from different sports. Yeah. Different, just di different people. Just for yeah, a bit of crap. If you, if you fancy coming on and you're just you're not not like just Dave. <laughs> Dave Buckley, but you know, if you listen No, to me, in fact no, no. You can you can knack us. We're gonna have one we're gonna have one random listener on. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you now we're gonna, have one, that, we're gonna have one random listener on. So, so how, how, how are they gonna if, so send us a message on Twitter then if you fancy coming on and we'll pick somebody at random. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. We'll get uh, get somebody on. Just trying to think. If you if you if you miss the motivator and you whoever, if you're listening, get whoever, it. Whoever, whoever we pick, right? So obviously, you'll you'll not find out until the night. But if we pick you, there's two tickets to any live show that you want to come on. Oh. If you're in fancy dress. Yeah, I was going to say get fancy dress involved. So obviously, there's going to be there's going to be people around the country in fancy dress, isn't there? <laughs> Who do we think's unattainable? And if we if we mention them now and just get everybody to tweet them saying you've got to yeah. get on on Wednesday, you've got to get on Wednesday. Somebody random. Someone random. Uh... Anthony Worrell Thompson. <laughs> Is he a TV chef? He's a TV chef, so it takes two boxes. Yeah. Is it really the shoplifter? I think he got done for shoplifting, doesn't he? So. Conversation starting number one. <laughs> he got done for shoplifting. I'm sure he did, yeah. I'm sure he did. Anthony, if you didn't, I'm sorry, I apologise. say you probably just well, come on it and, for and us. tell us about it. Yeah, tell, <laughs> plead your innocence. <laughs> Sometimes, though, when you're on them self checkouts, you miss them, don't you? I, I know. It's usually the fillet steaks that you miss as well. Yeah. Randomly, isn't it? Oh. One, two, miss a few. <laughs> Allegedly. Yeah. What I threw was an onion. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. So yeah, so we're gonna do that on Wednesday night. We're gonna get uh, quite a few 
quite a few folk on. It could be anything, lads. I think we, I think everybody knows this already, but so it could be anything. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. So half past seven, seven forty-five. YouTube this Wednesday under the Caution Friends, and then Saturday um, the quiz. But I, I have, I'm working on a, a proper theme tune for under the really? Caution. It's going to be ready for Wednesday. Oh, excellent! excellent. What are you so making your own? Are you a um, song producer? Mate of mine's a, a pianist. I've had a word. Oh, oh excellent! Getting it together. Do you know what excellent. that is, Chrissy? Above and beyond. I might do the vocals myself. I don't know yet. <laughs> You're a lyricist, a flipping producer. It's, a, it's just it's just a man of many talents. Oh, just I, not... tink, I tinkle the ivories from time to time. Don't worry about that. I bet you, I bet you do. I bet you've been fucking tinkle the ivories all, quite a lot while you've been in lockdown. Because I, I got up early this morning, right? It got to about two o'clock, and I thought, "Fuck!" It feels like it feels like I'm just about to watch Coronation Street. <laughs> the drag these days, don't you? When you get when you get up early. <laughs> you, you might as well stay. You, you might as well. Stay. Are you a big Cory fan, John? Oh, I'm a big soap fan, mate. I. I saw. Yeah. I, I mean, I've not read the article, but I saw a, an headline before that they've only got so many, you know, before they're going to run out. I know. Yeah. Oh, there you go. There you go. <clears throat> I've got this random guest to to tweet. Uh, the lad who was in Jungle. Kirk. Kirk. <laughs> Is that you want on? That's that's who I'd like on. So What's if you his can... name? What's his real uh, name? Was it Anthony Summit? Oh, yeah, he's a... I think he'd be right up for us. I don't know the fella live, but he looks like he'd be up for it. Yeah. So we, everybody needs to tweet him and we want to get... I want to get Kirky in off current... That'll make my, that'll make my night, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Andrew Wyman. Andrew Wyman, that's it. So what are we going to do? Are we going to, are we going to tweet him and then get everybody else to... And everybody's got to read tweet him saying you need to get on this yeah, lads I'll just keep tweeting him put Secret Tyrone in, in reserve if it's not going well <laughs> Tyrone this <laughs> <laughs> is a last resort <laughs> so yeah looking if forward all to all else that. fails we'll, we'll have Schmeichel on <laughs> yeah so that, that's as that's as, as curveball that we need to everybody needs to get on he might listen to it he's a big United fan isn't he yeah. is, I know he's a football fan aye? I know he's a football fan Pipes Plus, today then? Yeah, uh, yeah. This is the last episode for two weeks. We're having a two-week break. Well, yeah, we're not. We're not. We'll still be recording. We'll still be doing these, won't we? Yeah. Uh, bit of a, for, we're gonna get after. as many as we can in the next couple of weeks. So yeah. Great, but Patreons, Patreons will still be coming out. But yeah, pipes number two. I have just listened back to this today, and to finish editing it, and uh, it's good. Yeah. It's good. I think it's better than the first one. Oh, excellent. Yeah. So, somebody tagged somebody tagged us in a, a Trevor Benjamin montage and he's been put through on goal and it's gone in row Z and he just put boom and I, <laughs> <laughs> I think it might have went over the stand or something when he just put boom <laughs> excellent excellent but uh, so yeah so uh, this is the last for two weeks yeah last for two uh, weeks yeah we're not disappearing, though, are we? As we've said, we're doing the. Um... And oh, well, if you're not already a Patreon, you could always jump on that and get and get them episodes if you want to fill a bit of a void. Yeah, I've been watching a few of Pipes' videos after your recommendation last week, so I'd recommend anybody going having a look. He's got some good stuff going on. It's good, isn't it? Yeah, I thought it was brilliant. MPTV, Mighty Piper TV. Good luck to him, man. Yeah, hundred percent. We get him on then. Get him back. Yeah. Come, go on, pipes, come into my front room or Brownie's front room or Chris's kitchen. Come on. <laughs>
So then Sunderland, you arrive. We've obviously we talked about the signing on the old napkin. Yeah, well, yeah. Are you, you're, you're there as I, well? I was, I was only 15-16. I mean, signing for Sunderland. As soon, and as soon as the deal was actually done, I didn't feel like, oh, Leicester anymore. It was like, oh, I'm a Sunderland player now. And the first training session was at the ground. And I thought, McAteer, Bab, Bjorklund, Phillips, Quinn... I was like, Jesus, I'd been watching these guys on Match of the Day for years. Do you know what I mean? And I was like... Plus, you'd just left an old ground at Filbert Street as well, hadn't you, to this new fucking state-of-the-art stadium. It was unbelievable. And and I got there, and the gaffer was like, you're nervous. I seen him before training. And at the time, the day that I signed, I didn't have a press conference because there was this big press conference scheduled at Sky, BBC, everyone was going to be at. And they was going to unveil me, give me the shirt, and I was going to do a big press conference but if you remember bless him Jody Craddock's yeah little boy a, a was little death, baby wasn't it? Had, had passed, passed away. away so they had said listen we're not doing no media um, and we're just going to go Fuck straight me, into yeah. training it was terrible because I still speak to Jody now as well great lad is he going alright with his painting he's into painting oh, mate, he's put, I bought a couple of his paintings, paintings. alright so on a canvas. Oh, I, thought a you meant, I thought you meant you were doing houses up. Oh no, no. He <laughs> came to Stoke no. on loan. He came on Stoke to loan when I was there in Europe. Yeah. He really is top, top fella, Joda. And um so obviously he wasn't there, but we went straight into this training session and I knew in my head because I we're all footballers, isn't we? First training session, if you've had a big sign in, you're all looking at him, thinking, What's he like? Is he decent? Yeah. And I remember just, I, re- I just remember thinking, just go out there and just fucking throw about 15 stepovers in and people <laughs> think you're decent. <laughs> <laughs> as long as, as long as you don't, you know, when you throw a stepover and you kick the ball out of play by mistake, because I used oh, to no, do I'll that tip up over it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or run it out at the end of the pitch like Forrest Gump, because I have been <laughs> called that over the years. That's why I always come back to it. But I was in this training session and I just felt on fire. First training session and... Like you feel it, it straight away. You knew that you were. Everyone come up to me impression. straight away and and was saying, "Decent." We're gonna. Uh, Gaffer said he's gonna play on the right. You've got the number seven shirt. They gave me the number seven shirt. So over um, with Macatia. Yeah, but he sort of went inside. Yeah, he was playing. He was playing right midfield, um, but they put him inside, and and they played me on the right. And then I started. You look back at your career, and I, I have no regrets, but you look back and you think, if it weren't for these fucking chocolate knees, <laughs> I'd have been all right. Because I'd had the agent by then, I'd got the decent wages, I got the move, I started well. I think my first game was... Well, one of the first games was Man U, and I got, I got um, Man of the Match in that game I did, well, what score? 1-1 Oh, oh wow, that's yeah, a Tor Andre Flo scored um, we signed him a, about six days after they signed me from uh, Chelsea yeah and it I was, was last did, did they sign Stewie as well they signed Marcus Stewart it was like Andre a deadline Flo. day they Coop. signed me they signed Stephen Wright Mark Poom. so Stephen Wright was thri- Mark Poom it was like it felt like we was going to have a good season and we started well Man U 1-1 <coughs> where McAteer's saying write that in your book yeah. to Kino and and I think Keno got sent off in that match or someone got sent off. But the weird thing was about that, so the night before, when you signed for Sunderland, they put you up, or they used to, in the Durham Hotel. 
the Marriott in the Durham that's like on the river. So Man U had chosen that hotel to stay in for the game like the, the next, next day. day. But it's about I, 20 minutes away from, yeah, from the ground. Yeah, about 20 minutes away 20, from 25 the ground. Minutes. And me and my missus at the time were, were staying there because we had three months in there. And um, a story about that, she she smoked. So we were we went out for a night just to walk in Durham because I used to go for like a walk the night before a game and have a bit, something to eat and then a nice stroll back. And um, I came downstairs and I knew Man you were in there, but that's a weird hotel because they've got a, like a connecting thing that goes over the river. So one part of the hotel's this side and one part's this side. And then there's like a glass walkway and you can sort of see through it to the other side. And um, so me and her come downstairs the night before the Man U game, obviously Beckham, Ferdinand, everyone was playing, Keane. And we come downstairs and I was like, it's a bit cold. And she was like, yeah, yeah, will you go and get my coat? So I said, yeah, all right then. So she said, oh, I'm going to have a fag. So she sat on the steps, this side of the river, having a fag like this. I run upstairs to get her coat come back downstairs and as I come through the doors she's transfixed with something over the other side of the river I could see her you know like the fag end is about that long <laughs> so she's not even smoking it and she's she? like there right so I'm like who is she looking at she didn't know I was there so I looked under like the bridge bit looked up and Bex is standing in the window. <laughs> He's not having a fag. <laughs> no, Bex is standing in the window. I don't know if he was looking at her. I can't say that. But he was there and he just had like a pair of shorts on. So she's like, and I'm like, what the fuck are you looking at? <laughs> and then as I've come out to look up, the fucking curtains have gone like that. And then the next day we played the game. N nothing was said about it because obviously... He didn't have his hand in his galvans, <laughs> did he? <laughs> no, I don't think so. And he got away team man of the match and I got home team man of the match. So you come out, you get in the lift to go up to the sponsors. And um, me and him, we're standing in the lift together. And I always remember thinking, fucking hell, he smells good. <laughs> <laughs> no, that lift was like, I thought, it's none it of your shit that you'll pass <laughs> is it? He had some top end stuff on. And, and the thing that killed me is we went into the sponsors hall and he had stopped to sign autographs. And there was all, and, and obviously because Beckham was coming and they knew that he was like a waiting man in the match. The, these like the walkway to the hall where we went into was rammed with like Sunderland workers and people behind the scenes they'd all come out to obviously to see, see him. him not me and um, but he stopped to sign autographs for people so I walk in the hall first and like the place fucking goes up <laughs> and I'm like oh my god Unbelievable! I'm standing there like, you <laughs> <laughs> like, standing there like, like the port, like, yeah, nice see you. Like, and people are looking past me, and I'm like, what? And I look right, and Bex is behind me, <laughs> so they've all done it for him and not me. And I was like, say, <laughs> you know them ones? You know when someone waves, so you wave back, but they they're waving to someone behind you. It was one of them moments. I feel awkward for you. Oh mate, it it killed me. <laughs> But no, I started, I started, I did start really well. First 13 games. And I remember one of the most memorable, I didn't play many games, but one of the most memorable games of my career was Sunderland-Newcastle. Newcastle-Sunderland. 
at St James's Park because Peter Reid called me in his office on the Friday. I think we played him on the Saturday, and he said, he said, listen, he said at the minute you're keeping. He, he said this to me. I was buzzing. He, he goes, you're keeping me in a job. So I was like, what do you mean? And he goes, because out of the signings that I've made, you're the one that's like doing really well. Crowd are excited about young talent. <laughs> doing well because Flo started well he scored that goal against Man U but then he was sort Struggled. of yeah. yeah he was sort of like struggling a little bit Stewie weren't playing Stephen Wright was doing okay but I was like a bit of a flair player like yeah. get it try and... so he was like you're keeping me in a job mate uh, and because of your performances so keep it going and he said but the reason I've called you in is this is a huge game it's a huge game because it means so much to these More people. More than just your normal three points. Yeah, he said, this is huge. I just wanted you to understand the magnitude of the game before you get there because it might overwhelm you. I said, Gaffer, listen. I said, I've played in Leicester, Nottingham Forest, Leicester, Derby. I said, I'm to Partini, <laughs> <are you playing? laughs> I said, I've played in some big games. I know I'm any young Gaffer, but I've played in some big games. No, 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 no. Nothing like this. And I went, Gaffer, I'll be all right. I promise you, I'll be all right. And he goes, good, because you're going to start, your right wing, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, Sam, woke up in the morning, there's fucking people outside my house and like in, like around the streets and like cheering you on when you got on the bus and you go to the training ground and all the, all the like roads in Sunderland, there's people out there. Like you've, yeah, like, you've, like you've won the league, like the parade when you've no, won the but league. No, like sort of like saying, come on, fucking beat these mags. And you're like, Jesus. And it, he did the right thing to let me know, just to put it in my head the night before, because it over-fucking-whelmed me. So I was like, fucking hell, this is massive. I didn't realise how big it was. I've got to be honest, didn't realise how big it was. So, and the reason why that game will always stay in my head is so... The, the bus pulls up at Newcastle and it's the only game I've been told at the time where they let the fans, you know, the, the bus drives in under the tunnel at Newcastle and all the fans are in there and they're fucking rocking the bus as you pull up and you're like, fucking The home fans. Yeah, so the home fans, yeah. all the Newcastle fans are in there and they're making it a real intimidating, intimidating atmosphere. Yeah. So I, here's fucking little pipes from fucking... Beaumont Lee's in Leicester with his little fucking Louis Vuitton washback on. Have him Fucking get off the bus and they've got horseback, police on horseback, like keeping the crowd back. So there's like a tunnel that the, the horses have made a tunnel like to the player's entrance from the bus. It's weird because normally they keep the fans another 50 yards yeah. back. So mm. they're really close and it was intimidating. So get off the bus and I'm walking <laughs> And someone goes, Oi, Piper! So I've gone, what? Like that. And this Newcastle fan's gone, <laughs> Bam! Fuck, the, the biggest greener you've ever oh. seen. Oh. Was it a Schofield, a Schofield Walk one, was it? Schofield. What they call him? Scorecroft. Scorecroft. I've had a fucking, I've had a other one moment. Oh, Philip's had a few of them in his face. <laughs> <laughs> down my face oh. so I'm like drop that uh, drop the Louis Vuitton washback ah, I'm going like this between two horses and these horses are getting thingy like that so then these policemen are coming and go no keep moving keep moving so I grab my bag we've gone inside 
I've sat down and the gaffer's gone, I fucking told you, didn't I? <laughs> I told you. And I was like, fucking fuming. I was fuming. Because the geezer, I mean, he's a fan, so but he's done his job, mate. He's made me fuming. My head's gone. Gone. So then anyway, in, in there, have you ever played, have you ever nah. played in the St. James's Park? In there, like you can hear the fans. They yeah. know we're beneath them. And before you come out, it's all bam, bam, bam. And you can hear it like... So we go out, I'm fuming about getting spat on. I'm, I'm nervous because I'm thinking this game's huge. It was live on Sky. Their team was awesome. Shearer, Bellamere, Gary Speed, God bless him. Um, they had some Solano, Solano. Mate, they had everyone. Unbelievable. So you're thinking, fucking hell. But, so the first minute kicks off. I can't remember how long into the game it was. I know it was early on. And I was sort of, obviously, we were just sort of like two banks of four defending because they were kept coming at us. Bellamy pulls left, gets the ball. I'm playing like sort of right midfield, but sort of like helping out my fullback, who was Stephen Wright, I think. Bellamy pushes it by me in the box and I lean on him because he's quick as fucking. So I thought, fuck it. I leaned on him <laughs> and he's gone down. And the crowd have gone up and the referee's whistle's gone. So I thought, I can't believe he's given Penno for that. Bam! And smashed the ball in the crowd. Like, pinged it in the crowd. Like that. Turn around. I've gone, there's never been a Penno. Like that. And he's gone free kick to Sunderland, dive Bellamy. So I'm like, oh, fucking hell. <laughs> anyway. You're some referee, you. <laughs> so I've got, oh, fair enough. Anyway, we lose the game 2 0. Bellamy and Shearer score. Gutted. We're all in the fucking dressing room after. Felt sorry because the Sunderland fans are in the gods, in there. You're like, fucking hell. Can't believe it. Gutted. And then there's a knock at the door, at the dressing room door. So I think um, Incher, uh, Adrian, Adrian Heath. Heath, goes to the door and he comes back in and he goes, Pipes, there's two coppers for you at the door. I'm like, what? Fucking hell. So I've gone over to the door. And they've gone, um, oh, listen, you're not in any trouble. Let's just make that clear. But we need some kind of gesture from you. Because when you've pinged the ball in the crowd, you've knocked a 60-year-old lady out. Ooh. And she's concussed. She's had to go to hospital. She's missed the game. So we'll leave it up to you. And I went, <laughs> I took my son and shirt off and signed it to the lady I hit in the crowd big apologies Matt Piper but she's obviously a fucking Newcastle <laughs> <laughs> that's like that's, that's like that's probably even worse than a hospital and giving her a fucking ride duck in it versus yeah. in an hospital bed <laughs> so this old dear must have had some banter because I've sent her I've sent her this she was alright bless her I've sent her the shirt about a week or two later at the Sunderland ground I've got this parcel <laughs> And it's fucking, I've opened it and it's returned to send off. You <laughs> <laughs> fucking sent it back. <laughs> Cheeky bastard. Well played, Doris. <laughs> should have sent, killed me. should have sent to Matt Piper, <laughs> wipe your fucking ass with it, Doris. <laughs> uh, absolutely killed me. I don't know if it's bugged, but I once, I once bought with the ball into the Cardiff fans when I were playing at Preston, I broke someone's arm. Their arm? Broke their arm. By kicking the ball in there? Yeah. Well, they have fallen. Well, oh, fallen. you might have knocked them over. I don't, I don't know what happened, but I were in with the solicitor, the Preston really? solicitor, yeah, on the Thursday, saying, "Look, we've had a complaint. You've broke someone's arm in the crowd when you bolted the ball in." I'm like, "Right, okay." But 
You're We're sending not standing a shirt. up, is it? No, no, but when... when eh? It's not standing up, but you, know, you can't get done for it, can you? Well, Surely. no, but they were suing the club, I think. We'd scored, I got the ball out of the net and leathered it into the oh, fans. Right, so it weren't like a straight shot. Oh, no, it weren't a, it weren't a fucking <laughs> boom! <laughs> <laughs> and then when I went to Cardiff, uh, I got a tweet saying, uh, you broke my dad's arm. I was like, oh, well, I'm, tell him I'm really sorry. Uh, she says, oh, don't worry about it. We've got a new kitchen and a holiday out of it. Got Preston's insurance. Flipping. Jesus. I says, well, you, you, your dad owes me a drink then, doesn't he? You don't remember? No, I had to I go and speak remember. to the club solicitors because they were suing them or whatever. Wow. How long did um, Peter Reid last then after you signed? 13 games. Oh. 13 games. And it was a really special time for me because 13 games in and it came to the first um, international break and Peter Reid called me in his office and he said, I've had a letter from David Platt, you're in the England under-21s. So I'm like, oh my, buzzing. The only bad thing for me was when you turn up and you sort of, you know, as a player you turn up and you're like, never been in anything like that before. I've been in England trials and stuff but never got in. So when you get in the 21s, you're absolutely buzzing. You know, when you're a kid, you want to play for your, your country. And um, my fucking luck, the right wingers were Sean Wright Phillips, Jermaine Pennant, Matt Piper, David Prutton. They were the right wingers that you could choose from. So I thought, ain't no way I'm playing. <laughs> I just thought, ain't no way. Sean Wright Phillips was smashing it at Man City, I think, at the yeah. time. Jermaine Pennant was playing for Arsenal. I thought, I've got half a chance. Front me, me and Prutz. Me, me and Prutz. <laughs> I, could, I could knock him out of the way, me and Prutz. <laughs> but I thought, oh, Jesus. And David Platt, for some reason, the bench would always be Sean Wright Phillips and Jermaine Pennant. Prutton played right. Out of them four, he played David Prutton on the right. I thought he was more of a central midfielder than Prutton. No, Unless he started right, there when he was. right midfield. For, for England but I think it's because Platt knew him yeah. from from his forest days forest. Trust him. I think so he trusted him listen good pro but he, he didn't have the flair of you uh, well of Pipinio oh, oh Pipinio <laughs> <laughs> so so I'm away on that trip the first one I was ever away on and it was breaking news on Sky I remember sitting there obviously not playing because because these kids were playing and came up on Sky that Peter Reid had been sacked Sunderland manager and I was fucking gutted because I loved him he's obviously saying all them things you're keeping me in a job like yeah. so I knew that he liked me and I was like wounded so then you sort of and it was one of them breaks where there's two internationals in one so we played the first one then this news breaks another three or four days then another one and then so you're not getting back to your club till the Thursday are you? yeah Thursday, so, you, Friday, so you're getting back late and then I'll always remember it. There was a guy called, I think it's Les Reed. Yeah. I think it was Les Reed who was Platt's like number two uh, for the England. And he'd be, he's involved with Southampton and stuff. He'd been involved with Southampton, Charlton. Yeah, yeah. But he was he was one of the England under 21 coaches. And we're sitting there, and that England under 21 team was unbelievable. He'd like Jermaine Jennis, um, Titus Bramble, Jermaine Defoe, Peter Crouch, fucking unbelievable players. I never had a chance of playing. And um, Les Reed came in. He went, who we got here from Sunderland? He went, oh, fucking pipes. He went, you seen who your new manager is? Like that. 
Sky's on again. Bam, Howard Wilkinson is your new manager. So I'm like, it's all right. Don't know who he is, don't know. And Titus Brumble went, fuck me, mate, you've had a beast. I was like, why? We're all sitting in this little room watching TV. He goes, you've had a beast. I've gone, why? And he's gone, well, he used to, he took a few of the 21s games that I've played in. He's a fucking cunt, mate. He went, he's horrible. So I, I didn't think no more of it. Next morning, Les Reed comes downstairs and he goes, hey, Howard Wilkinson, your new manager, what do you think? I went, spewing. <laughs> I said, I've heard he's a right cunt. <laughs> like that. Which, which, fair enough, I'm just... That's what you did. Passing you just yeah, relayed, just relayed what yeah. Titus would say. Don't you? Don't relayed the, the messenger. Message, relayed the message. Anyway, so we have this next game. I didn't play again. I sat on the bench. We get back to the club. I thought, my old man, I'm, I'm on the phone to my old man. He said, go in. Knock on the door. Go and introduce yourself to the new manager. Don't let him come to you. I thought, that's a good idea. It's a good idea, Dan. <laughs> Can I borrow your suit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get down the training ground. Go in nice and early. I'm thinking, he's going to be buzzing. One of his England internationals has just got back. Knock on the door. Come in. I was like, hi, Gaffer. I just thought I'd come in and introduce myself. I'm Matt Piper. I know who you are. That's what he said the first time I met him. I know who you are. In, that, in that tone, not a, I know who you are, mate. No, they were like, I know who I'm... you are. Like that. And I was like, oh, do you? How? And he goes, so I'm a cunt, am I? Oof. And I was like, oh, no. And he went, yeah, one of my bezzy mates for years, Les Reed. Oh, no. <laughs> and I was oh, like, no. oh, no. Hold on a minute. Owen Wilkinson's not using the word bezzy, mate. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, that's my one of his brothers. One of my, one of my, one of my homies. <laughs> Me and Les are tight. <laughs> one of my best mates. There you go. One of my best mates for years, Les Reed, told me you called me a cunt. I said, I said, Gaffrey, well, I never said that. I said I never said that. I said I was away. Who was it? I said I can't tell you that. And from that moment, I knew. However long he was at the club, it was going to be a nightmare time for me. Didn't like me. And then he said, and then we had West Ham on, on like the next game coming up. And I don't know if you remember this goal. It's one of the most unbelievable goals you will have ever seen at the stadium of light. So um, Di Canio's playing. Trevor Sinclair scores it, but Di Canio takes it from a throw. Someone takes a throw in, yeah, throws it to him. He chests it back towards his own goal. And then volleys it over the yeah, other side of the pitch. Mickey Gray's playing left back. Trevor Sinclair takes it on his chest. It bounces once, then volleys Bang. it from about 35 yards. And it hits the stanchion and goes in. We're 1-0 down. Gets to half-time. We come in. It's his first half-time team talk. Are you playing? I'm playing. I'm so playing. He's, I remember he, this Even girl. though he looked like you. No, he, he, he started, he started me. you. He started me. And I, I always think to this day it was to make a point of I'm the big man in the room. Don't mess with me. But he used a young kid as a scapegoat. So we get in at half time and he comes in and he always did this thing. Did you ever play under him? Nah. He always did this thing and it was, I always thought it was quite arrogant. He, so he, had, he always wore a coat and a scarf. He comes in, takes his coat off and all the players are waiting for the gaffers to talk. And he, he sort of hangs it up like slow motion and then he pulls his scarf really slow so it comes like, it's quite seductive, isn't it? It's quite seductive. It looked more like as a stripper, does he, Howard? 
<laughs> well, that's how he was. Fifty Honestly, Shades of Howard. <laughs> Fifty Shades of Howard. <laughs> <laughs> that's how he was, though. He's like. <laughs> Pull it slow and then, and then it, and it, sounds, it sounds like I'm. It sounds like I'm watching. Uh, what, what was the stripper thing called from Sheffield? What was the film Full called? I'm watching Full Monty. That's how it was. Though, Full Monty. It was so like it looked to me. It looked arrogant. He like <laughs> then hands it up and then he turned round and he'd go, "Do you know whose fucking fault that goal was?" So I'm like looking round, thinking. Mickey Gray could have got a bit closer, to be fair. <laughs> Sorensen in goal, nah, no chance with him. Ain't got a fucking clue. We're all sort of like, everyone's looking around, not knowing. And he's gone, you! And pointed to me. And I've gone, me? <laughs> I've gone, how the fuck's that my fault, Gaffer? And he's gone, you weren't close enough to Di Canio. You've got to get on him, you've got to stop him. You got to yeah. He started butchering me. The whole 15-minute team talk was Howard Wilkinson butchering me and the last 12 minutes of it the first three minutes were like me trying to go back to him and he weren't having it and then he put his it, so when you're sitting on the benches in the dressing room he put his knee up oh yeah like he put oh. his he put his foot next to me on the thing and he leant in and he was <laughs> he's been away like his crotch his crotch oh. in my face here I'm just imagining his one wood sliding out the bottom of his pants <laughs> So that's my that's my head there, and he's like this, over man, like trying to dominate man, and he's gone. You've been away with England, you fucking ate too much, you got a fat ass, and he was just caning me like this. None of the other players and the older pros in the room, because I know me now, I'm 38 now. As an older pro, if a 20 year old's getting butchered like that, and I'm thinking, if you watch if you watch the goal back, I'm marking Di Canio. So basically, I'm marking him, but he's chested it away from me and then volleyed it. So I'm thinking, how can I stop There's that? You can Probably the best ball yeah. you'll ever see. It was unbelievable. It was ridiculous. Did uh, you know he was doing it as well? Oh, yeah. It, look, it yeah. looked like he was picking him out. Yeah. And then he took it on his chest, one bounce, volley. So I'm like, it's never been my fault, Gaffer. And it, for that 15 minutes, he butchered me and he goes, you're getting fucking dragged. Not good enough. And then I didn't play for Dragged months. Dragged out. Come off at half time. It took me oh, off at half time to make like a, I think, to make a statement. So you're saying that you think some of the older lads should have said, listen, I, I would. Blatantly you know, he's not going to fat ass. You've got a lovely ass. <laughs> <laughs> get, yeah. get it out, Pipe. Show him. <laughs> he's been on holiday with England. Let me what he wants. Yeah. yeah, so one of the lads got gaffer. I even Mickey fault. Gray. Even Mickey should have said, gaffer, I, I, should have, I maybe should have been closer to uh, yeah. Sinclair like you're it was drag. honestly one of them goals but I don't think it was anyone's fault like you take a throw in you chest it away you volley it across he takes a torch half volleys it but 35 yards what you do you do? think it's nothing to do with that anyway it all comes back down to the, the snitch Les on. Reed oh, yeah. snitchy Les it was it was me saying what I said away at England and he were, he he just weren't having it and, and then our time at the football club or his time at the football club was me and him were just I weren't having him because I thought no one can sort of talk to me like that when it weren't my fault. You don't mind, yeah. You don't mind getting battered by a manager if it's your fault or. Mm. So you your relationship with him from that point just no. It was just I mean the, the nicest thing to say about it is was that the relationship was strained. <laughs> <laughs> 
Remember his meet? I remember sat in one meeting and he, he put a video of geese flying in the oh, air. Remember that? Me, mate, geese? I, geese tell, flying. I tell that story. I've got so many Howard Wilkinson stories, it's untrue. Geese? What, what? It, yeah, it was a David Attenborough documentary on geese. And we, he brought us in and he sat us down and he said, he said, this, this is going to help us. This is going to help us. And we were like, Gaffer, we need to train today. Like people were getting unfit and everything. Cause he, he did remember the thing we did at the, at the ground where he got, um, team building companies in companies that oh, like, for morale. Yeah. Team building. So you have to do that fall where you fall when your mates got a catch yard. Yeah. It's called the safety fall or something. He was doing all that off tables and everything. And then, yeah, we're going to be all right the weekend now. Then we go out the weekend, get battered 4-0. So then the next week it'd be like, right, there's this video I found. It's going to show how we're going to come together and work as a team. I thought you were playing the arrow formation, like, you know, like the geese flying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah, was, was it? Fuck off. Was. I swear to God. Wait for Mike to show how to do it. <laughs> That's we're going to play the arrow formation. We're going to have a one, what, 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 all the way No, we just work, like, because one they of them flies at the front team, and then yeah. goes to the back or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah they take, but they're, they're flying a, 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 yeah. a, yeah. a, a, a V. Yeah, flying V. The 40-minute yeah. documentary was how they work as a 40 team. 40 minutes? 40 minutes, mate. How they work as a watching team. Geese. <laughs> watching geese. Watching geese. Well, that's Wesley well, Howard slowly took his scarf off. It must have been fucking in a bollocko by the end of that video, <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> So then he's doing all that and nothing's working. And in the end, he gets sacked. And that is my, and you say you weren't in there, but that was my, you know, my, my favourite story from my time at Sunderland, albeit a negative one. So the gaffer calls everyone down the training ground. So staff, players. Are you still getting battered at this time? Still getting butchered. Yeah, it was horrible that season. One, yeah, I it was awful. It. I think we were one of the the lowest points of Premier League history. Oh, there was there was which... one game I remember, and it was against Charlton, and we got we were three nil down after about half an hour or summer. I don't know the exact. It was a horrible game, mate. Three own goals. It was a proc. Did proc score two own goals? Two own goals. Two own goals. People were throwing season tickets on the pitch like ripped up season tickets on the pit. Is that when you got about 13 points? Wait. 15, I think it was. We were all-time Bear in mind, time, Howard yeah, Wilkinson only got the job because, um, I don't know who was chairman, it would have been Bob Murray. Mm. He rang Howard Wilkinson to, f to ask his opinion on a manager that he was going to appoint. Ah. It might be, I think it was Mick McCarthy. <laughs> He's rang it. him up and said, well, what, what do you think? I'm thinking about doing this. And he's touted himself for the job. And so, then he's, so, so he's gone with the old Les Reed and thrown McCarthy under the bus and now he's a good manager, good manager but I'm good as well. I'm or, better. Yeah. <laughs> he's good, but I'm better. Good I think I'm looking for a job. He'll be, the, he'll, be the back of the he'll be at the back of the swans in. You know what I mean? I'm at the front. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think the problem was he won, he won the league with Leeds in 91, 92. Yeah. Yeah. And he had that kind of headmaster style. And that worked for him then. I think you you fast it, forward another 10, 12 years and you see football evolving <laughs> at the minute with Guardiola and Mourinho and how these cycles come round of how different managers work. I think he tried to use that same headmaster style in a new generation and it just didn't work for him. Yeah, when, yeah. It, when players are, players have got more power at this point, haven't they? Mm. They've I got think bigger so. contracts and... Uh, yeah. Yeah. They're more important than the actual manager at the football club. Yeah. Mm. So the, he's called everybody down. 
So he calls everyone down to the training ground and we all thought, this is weird because even though he did weird stuff, we thought, this is weird that he's getting everyone here. People like physios, masseuses, all the training ground staff and came in, he did the old scarf trick. <laughs> We're all <laughs> sitting there. Say, can, how many people's all the staff? I'm saying there's got to be uh, 80 Premier League people. club, there's, there's, uh, you're probably talking five physios. Yeah, with all with all the with all the players that were there, I'm I'm talking eighty people, in because Sunderland it's got like a the new training ground it had like a big massive changing area that was really long and there was like seats put in there and everything and people were sitting round. So it really is like the four Monty with an audience. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it comes out. That would have been a brilliant way to go out. <laughs> 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 so he comes in he does the old scarf thing the coat thing he, he turns around and he goes and the, you could cut the tension in the room and I still at that point wasn't thinking he's been sacked well, so nobody knows he's been sacked no one knows he, he's obviously said to the club let me right. tell the players and the staff so no one knows do all, the, do all the other staff like him or do they all think he's a dick as well I don't know no one that liked him right so, so nobody's going to be crying tears for him because he had Steve Cottrell with him as his um, yeah. assistant. Steve right. Cottrell was was his assistant. I don't I didn't think like, it worked. Yeah, it didn't, it I didn't, didn't work. like either. Was Steve Cottrell with him in the meeting? Yeah, he was standing behind him. And Steve Cottrell was standing like this. Just with his head bowed, not saying anything. So I'm thinking, what's fucking going on here? I, di I didn't know. I, I had no clue what he was going to do. I didn't think he'd been sacked. And he said, he, he spoke very quiet, slowly. And, and he said, he just kept shaking his head and he went, today's a, 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 a bad day, bad day. And he was looking at people and sort of, the, and he said, I've been sacked as manager. And before he finished his sentence, this kid called <laughs> Tom Peters, Tom Pepper we used to call Tom him, Pepper. went, fucking get in there. <laughs> <laughs> Bear, bear in mind, Tommy Pepper never played a game. I've never heard of Tommy Pepper. <laughs> Fucking get in there. Yeah. Woo. It's like going like this. And I was like, <laughs> everyone was like, oh my God. And then I remember Phil Babb, Phil Babb stood up and he was going, that's unprofessional. Because he, he was a proper pro, weren't he? Babs there. He stood up and he was like, that's unprofessional, out of order. And Tom Prepper was like, no, boom, buzzing. Bah. And then he said, well, and then the manager went, well, you see, this is probably one of the reasons why I've been sacked, like, <laughs> like things like this. And I just remembered thinking, what a fucking legend. <laughs> because that's exactly what I wanted to do, but I would never have had the fucking balls to do it. <laughs> The, the best thing is that Tommy was so far away from the team. Doesn't matter who was manager, he, he would never get a game. Would he? Lovely no, fella, no. great fella, Belgian money, great man. lad, Belgian. But, but he was just never going to get a game anyway. Yeah, so that was his time to shine. Just <laughs> was that moment. If it had been Jurgen Klopp who got sacked, it'd still be exactly the same. He used to live. He used to live two minutes from Peter my Lee. house in Peterlee. Peterlee, yeah. And uh, I was fifteen, sixteen, and I went carol singing. Right, 
<laughs> round my what? Yeah, what? You Honestly, know what I mean? hold eight, on. Eight, 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 eight or what? Nine. Fifteen, sixteen. <laughs> I was fifteen, sixteen. I think I'm, I don't know if I just left school, but I was playing in the reserves anyway. And you were carol singing. And I went carol singing with me and two of the lads. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> two of the other. No, no, no. Two lads from. You ain't gonna let this go, are you? Did you go carol singing like just to give a bit of joy to old people? To earn a bit of coin, you used to make hundred quid a pop. What carol singing? Honestly, fuck, you must have some fucking voice. Dressed up like what? Dressed up like what? No, just it was winter. Obviously, we just put just normal attire. Just we didn't dress up. Just hats and gloves. Not, uh, we have a gear money over for the fucking coming yeah. in, robbing we, we were entertainers, so we just had a bit. Of <laughs> so anyway, I didn't know Tommy lived in this street. So I've, I'm bearing in mind, I'm playing in the reserves. I'm playing with Tommy in the in the resies. So I've knocked on. And obviously, he had like long like yeah 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 curtains one or whatever. Did you know his house? No. So I've knocked on. <laughs> And I, it was like a split second. He's opened the door. I thought, "Fuck me, it's Tommy Pepper." <laughs> <laughs> so I've just put my head down and when oh Santa got stuck on the chimney. <laughs> <laughs> just, to this day, he doesn't know it was me. But he gives it to Ten spot. I've gone, gone back. Fucking, I've gone back every night to me. I remember it, man. Good kid. I could never look him in the eye again. I went carol singing at 15, 16. It was a good earner. What? Fucking Gunnar? We're going to take the just not December, we'll go together, shall we? <laughs> it was full of like 50 pences and 10 pences, but it all spends, doesn't it? I went gal singing with fucking 50. On your own, though? No, there was three of us. Oh, three of you. <laughs> the trio? <laughs> <laughs> they were like BGs, man. Go on, Tommy Pepper. Good lad, though. Yeah, he was brilliant. And, and when he dropped that, I was like, legend I, I knew that I'd always stay in touch with him he um I speak to him on Facebook still um he's in Belgium doing his thing but great lad and and Statue. then and then Howard was gone and the thing was <clears throat> you know once he got towards the end of his speech because then he carried on his speech and uh, and I think <laughs> Steve Cottrell thought that he you know, initially I thought if they'd been Howard, they're going to give me the job. That's why I think he'd come. Because at the time, I think he was Bristol City manager. Or he was doing Stoke. He might have been Stoke. He was involved. Yeah. He, he was a manager somewhere and he decided to come as a number two. I think it was Stoke. Yeah, yeah. And he decided to come as a number two. So he thought Sunderland's a massive club. As soon as Howard gets the bullet, I'm going to get the job. And the, the club, obviously, were looking at McCarthy, not him. So he was... <laughs> Behind Sobbing. Howard, was, he? was he? He was, he was. I remember that more so because what, he's he not getting the job. Probably. Actually, like, <laughs> oh no, like that. And, <laughs> and <laughs> Cottrell's crying while he's taking his scarf <laughs> off. So much just Pepper's in corner dancing. He's <laughs> <laughs> the other corner singing fucking <laughs> singing silent night. <laughs> but that's the thing. I don't know why he weren't there. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I know I was in. I know I don't mean me. We were in December, were we? You probably had a gig on. Killed it. That's when you earn your money as a Christmas caroler. December. You have a quiet January. Brilliant. I didn't know that about Tommy. You might have been in America because you you got your knee done in America. Might have been over there, mate. Oh, I don't think that's the last time Christmas Carolyn at 16 year old's going to come up. <laughs> so it's going to have to come up again. Oh, pipes has just drew that out of it. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Valley's <laughs> 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 oh, a tenner though. Brilliant. What, yeah? a, what brilliant. a fella. Oh, fair. Tenner. Come on, mate. You best earn her. Yeah. The, you normally buzz him with a quid, aren't you? If you get yeah, a, yeah. a quid chunk, you're happy. At 15, ten, was at 15, 16, a quid chunk. I was fifth, probably early fifth, 15. 15. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I know I was getting deeper and deeper this year. Yeah, I, I must have been 16 because I was playing the reserves at 16. <laughs> so I'm turning out with Tommy Pepper on a Tuesday at like, New Ferrens Park. <laughs> Christmas caroling the week before. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh. Did you get a wee Mick when he came in? I did. Mick McCarthy top man honest really honest and sometimes quite cutting with what he you know the information that he gave you but as soon as we was in there mate I was like he's good man he's brilliant I like him I mean after football when I had some like struggles and troubles like he was on the blower to me and that he's sound sound geezer good manager as well I don't think we've we've not heard a bad word about him I don't think have we it's because no. he's honest. I think that's the most important thing. Mm. He's like, you were fucking shit today, Pops. <laughs> I was like, oh, cheers, Gaffer. But <laughs> that's you know, how he'd say it as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He'd you're just come out with it like that. Yeah, yeah, but you'd know that. You're happy with that. Yeah, mm. but the thing that I liked, because growing up, I had loads of coaches that would tell you when you're shit, but when you're good, they're fucking silent. You know, when you was good, it fucking tell you as well. Yeah. And I think players really respect that. He was a top man. He's assistant as well, Taff. Fuck Ian me. Evans. Oh, mate. Unbelievable. Taff a legend. I mean... He, he, his hip was fucked, wasn't it? Yeah. He, he, the he way that he used to and he couldn't, he couldn't barely walk, but he used to whip these balls in, cross and yeah, shoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He used to swing Both his, footed as well. Knock it up, Taff. Sounds Both like, footed. Sounds like uh, Earthlick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody put a thing on, and I didn't know about this, asking about what happened with Wrighty and Tommy Butler. What happened? I don't know. So did did Wrighty and Tommy Butler fall out? Brownie might not already know about it. No, I didn't know. Stephen Wright was my next door neighbour as well. Yeah, you ought to have gone round there Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> it was too far. Yeah. It was Castleden, wasn't it? Castleden, yeah. <laughs> too far. Couldn't no, but if you got a tenner from 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 Pepper, ah, he's a tight fucker. Hey, he's, he's not got giving us. You got a tenner. You got a tenner from Pepper. Get a taxi to the fucking big dogs. <laughs> you're gonna miss by and you, you were a first teamer when I was. When I was, I was still out. Don't worry about that. Yeah, I was still humble. You were, where my bread was buttered. Still humble. He, he knocked the, he knocked the Christmas colour on the head when he went to Norwich. <laughs> Twenty-one. Uh, what's this story about you on the toilet? Oh fucking uh, hell! So there's a goalkeeper called Thomas Meyer, and a Scandinavian boy who uses these tea bag things. Do you guys know about these tea bags? Yeah, yeah I've got some here. Oh, fucking hell. He got you started on them as well. <laughs> oh, there you, you go. So <laughs> Commission. There's an advert in there for Siberian. <laughs> so, snooze, for people that don't know, is like tobacco in a tea bag. Little tea bag. You put it, you know, in your gum. And um, 
Thomas Meyer sort of said, Pipes, you want to try one of these? And I was like, well, he were not American, but... <laughs> he goes, you want to try one of these? I said, yeah, I'd love to. What is it? And he said, it'll just relax you before training. <laughs> yeah, I did. I was like, I was always up for stuff like that. And he was like, do you, do you want to do it? And it, I said, what do you do with it? And he said, well, there's a few things. I can't remember if it was Thomas Meyer or Tor Andre Flo. Thomas Meyer was the first one that gave me one. But one of them Scandinavian boys, either Bjorklund, Flo... Thomas Meyer Sorensen, one of them said to me, they're all so good to put under your foreskin after sex. And I was like, what the hell? So I said, give me it, a it was, of fresh out, <laughs> it was fresh out of the box when he, when he gave it you. <laughs> no, he took it, he took it out. Yeah. From that. <laughs> yeah, try one of these. Parmesan flavour. <laughs> it's like putting a fucking scampi fry up. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, no. he's given me, me this tea bag and I've gone brilliant I'm going to try it and I said can I use it before training he goes better before training relaxes you you go out you'll be awesome so I thought brilliant so I've took it and I've gone for a shit before we go out to train like I normally would training starts at 10 o'clock quarter past half past nine on the toilet 15-20 minutes read the paper got one of these snoozes in for the first time ever next thing I know Pops, Pops, it's the gaffer. I'm like, fucking hell. Hello? Yeah, Pipes, where are you? He said, I'm in the toilet. I said, what, what, what's the matter? So I fucking wiped my ass, pulled my fucking shorts off, go outside. Mick McCarthy's like, I said, am I late for training, gaffer? He was late for training. His training finished fucking 20 minutes ago. <laughs> I fucking put the snooze up. <laughs> And it's fucking boom. <laughs> Wipe me out, mate. <laughs> fucking. Like some of train spotting. <laughs> and the gaffer knew, because I'm just honest, I'm always honest. I went, gaffer, I've put one of these in and I thought it was just like to relax, mate. Maybe go sleep. He's gone, no, mate, that's, that's a week's wages. And I've gone, a week's wage, gaffer. He, he, he did shorten it in the end. But that, putting that tea bag in, Cost me about fucking five bags. <laughs> <laughs> five bags for a little tea. I bet you're well. I bet you're well cleared out though, weren't you? Yeah. <laughs> just said two and a half hours on bun. <laughs> totally wiped out. You just missed training. Missed training completely. Didn't even know. And you got to think. So I've gone in there. What half past nine? Training starts at ten. Probably lasts till twelve quarter past. Mate, he's come back in fifteen minutes after quarter past half twelve. Three hours, mate. You've had three hours on the shit. Uh. Two and a half, three hours, just... That's a ring on the old thighs, isn't it? <laughs> 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 next well, day, when I first... Next day's paper... <laughs> Gaff up! <laughs> next day's paper when they're coming out. <laughs> oh, so, uh, obviously, during your Sunderland career, you hit the... Injury troubles. Mm. How, so was that during Mick McCarthy when it really started? Yeah, so I think I played the first 13 games. Peter Reid got sacked. I played that first game under Howard against West Ham. Got dragged. Was playing reserve games and then think got injured in one of the reserve games. So literally three months in to my Sunderland career. What three, was it? What did you do originally? What, cruciate or? Yeah, cruciate. I've got you, you've had 50 knee operations. Is that right? No, 20, 18. 
Fucking Frankenstein didn't have 50 operations. Jesus Christ. The thing is, what, 18 still. Oh, 18 still an outrageous. Nine on each knee. So it sort of like evened itself out. But that was like the first major one. I had a couple of little tidy ups when I was at Leicester, but that was the first major one. And it put me out for a long time. And then it would be literally get back, play three games, injured again. But why though? Because cruciates, sometimes people prefer doing a cruciate because you know that when you're back, you're back. So why did you keep breaking down? Mine was more cartilage. So I've got this thing, when I went to see Stedman, a a surgeon in America, you went to see him. Yeah, he was a top man. Yeah, he was like the top man. He was like, unfortunately, you've got a condition called lax ligaments where, so when you, especially when you were like me and you're twisting and turning all the time as a winger, when you stop at high speeds to turn in a different direction, my knee joint would basically, my ligaments that are supposed to fire and keep it in place, were lax, so they let the knee joint slide. Is that even before you did the, the, the ops? The, yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. This just is genetics. something I'm just yeah. born it's hereditary. with. It's hereditary. I'm born with it. So when I was stopping at high speeds, my knee capsule, other people's would move like half an inch and then click back into place. Mine would go like inch and a half, two inches. So you can imagine that shearing so it's just that was going on. Away. Like an obscene amount, like obviously there's stress on your knees, but this is just like... Double like the sanding. double the stress. Yeah, yeah, sanding yeah. down constantly. Sanding the, the bones and the, the bone to bone together, but tearing cartilage yeah. was my problem. So once you've got a torn cartilage, there's hardly any blood flow to your knee, and then they don't repair. So you have to have an operation. You're out for two, three months. Back again. Same thing happens. And he said to that Stedman said, "There's no operation that can sort that problem because you can't tighten up ligaments." You just got to try and work on your your muscles to do the ligaments job for them. So, so is, he, is he saying that's it? So he, he didn't initially, and then I went back another time, and then another mm. time, and then had a few um, operations in Leicester. You just keep breaking down. A few in Bradford. Just it just kept going time after time after time. I get back two three games injured again, same again, same again for five years, and then in the end I go back out to Stedman. Stedman's like, mate. It's time to call it a day. But to be fair, the weird thing is, when he said that, I didn't think, oh, fuck, no. I thought, thank fuck for that. Yeah, it's a bit of a relief. Do you know what I mean? Like, You've had four and a half years pretty much injured. I mean, yeah. it's a, so it's a lonely he, place anyway, been injured, but four yeah. and a half years, pretty much. Right? It was it a weird feeling. up for a return and then coming back, and coming down, back again. down again, then two, three games doing all right, and then injured again. I was like... And when when I got that information from the the main man, the expert, I thought, because most people in that situation would go, oh no, I want a second opinion. But when he said it, and I knew he was the main man, I thought, thank fuck for that. Yeah, this is yeah. all over. So I flew back, went and see Mick McCarthy. He was sound about it. Um, and and I, that's when I felt I di- I did help the club out a little bit because I still had. I don't know, 18 months, 20 months left on a contract at good wages. And in the end, I think they owed me nearly a million. And I took, I think I took 250,000. And it was like mutual consent. 
But my agent was going, you know, pinstripes. Not, it's, not still, it's not still fucking crocodile shoes, <laughs> is it? Yeah, still crocodile shoes, mate. And he was like, you could get way more than that. Hold up, what, what, why, why, why have you done that? Just because, and it, it came up recently, and this is not to be a hero or anything like that. It's just a person, you know, I thought, like, I weigh things up, what's fair in my head. If I thought I was uh, fair to be owed that money... I would take it. I had hardly played. I hadn't played very much. Uh, and this situation come up not so long ago with Jack Rodwell. Now, some players say it's only a short career. Get as much as you can because if it was the other way around, the club would fuck you off. I understand that. I'm one of them. Yeah, and I do understand that. But I felt like the club had paid me a lot of money for the th- three, four years that I was there. They still owed me this much, but, but I've hardly played. And I know it's not my fault. I know it's not my fault. But I just felt like... I just felt like I'm not owed that. It felt like I'm not owed it because I'm not playing for them. I mean, you don't have to answer it, but are you in a position then, at that point, where you're all right for life? No. (laughs) But that money could make you and your family all right for life. Yeah, but it would mean me staying at the football club not playing and just sort of hanging around, taking the money. It just shows how much of a bad place you were in if you're willing to walk away from 750 grand just so you're not in the building, just to be yeah, away yeah, from yeah. All, be away that, from all of that. Yeah, and that's not on Sunderland. That was just where I was as oh, a person. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. you're breaking yeah. down all the time. You could, have got, you, could have got, you could have got 600 grand. Yeah. If I held They're out... They're still saving 400. Yeah. If I held out, there was no doubt I could have add another three, four hundred thousand. But and what I told you before we came on, my brother and his mates were going on a snowboarding trip. Well surely surely snowboarding's gotta be the worst thing if you've got this with the ligaments where the Well yeah, but I think it was that release. Imagine you've been told what to do every day since you're you're getting the first thing. well, longer than that. Since you signed professional contract, you're not allowed to ride a motorbike. You're not allowed to go skiing or snowboarding. You're not allowed to do this. You're not allowed to do that. You've got to eat this food. You can't drink this. You can't take these drugs. You can't do that. You're like... And it got to that point where I was so down, I wanted to fucking experience all that. Yeah. Yeah. Which a lot of people don't get. And it was my own fault because because what happened after was a disaster. But basically, it gets to that point. I said to Sunderland do the deal, I'll take that and I'll leave. You just want to get away? I want to get away, I'll take that and I'll leave. And remember, a year before that, I actually deferred my wages for a year. So I had a five-year contract, I got into the fourth year and Sunderland came on financial troubles and they came to me and they said, can you stay on the same money? So we owe you this between year four and year five of your contract, but can we extend your contract to six years, but it's the same money? You take it off. So you. that's where the extra. That's where I was working it out year wise. So that's where your extra. You you still got two years left. Yeah, so that's yeah. Where that came. You got. They gave you an extra year basically to. But no money. Right. They gave me an extra year's yeah. contract, but no extra You're just money. Just half, so, half of your money, really. Well, basically, they're spreading the money spreading that I'm out. owed for a year over two years. Mm. So the club's doing better, not me. Yeah. Mm. And they offered that to a few players. I think a few might have said yes. A lot said no. I, I said yes, because I was on that same sort of thinking that I'm always injured and I'm not helping the club in any way. So 
I'll do it. Yeah. So I did that and then it gets to the end and then I thought, I want to go away. I want to experience all them things that I ain't experienced before because I started to get in a low place because of all the injuries. And then I went away and I went fucking snowboarding and my fucking knees were decent. <laughs> <laughs> they were all right. It was mad. It was mad. And I was just full boring it from the top to the bottom. Never snowboarded in my life. Just went nuts. Bad knees. Eddie the Eagle in it up <laughs> on the slopes. There's a time and a place. Yeah. yeah, just flying down, but it felt like a release. Yeah. I remember sitting on the top of the Alps thinking, life's decent. It's all right. Even though football is finished in in not a good way. Did you have thought, your own insurance? Yeah. And I didn't get it. It's for 1.8 million. And that's probably why I felt all right at the top of the Alps at that you point. Thought you were getting I it. thought you I was getting 1.8 million. And listen, when you 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 both know when you sign an insurance document, even at them times, so I can't even even imagine what they're like now. They're fucking this thick. So I ain't reading through it all. My agent clearly didn't, and one of the the small um, points clauses. in there clauses in there was if you've had three or more operations on the certain part of your body that you're trying to finish on, the insurance is null and void. Shit. So I was trying to finish on, on, each? on a left knee and I had already had, not well, I've had operations oh, post-football, right. but at the time I had had four on my left knee, five or six on my right. And I was trying to finish on my left though because that was actually the worst. So in the clause, so they just come back. I'm, I'm sitting at the top of the fucking Alps with a cigar, <laughs> thinking game 1.8, and no, came back. So did sorry, did, did you take the the um, settlement? The settlement. Yeah, I took before you knew about yes. insurance. So yeah, did yeah. that play a big part? You thought, well, I'm insured anyway. Yeah. Oh yeah, I suppose so. Mm. Um, that was definitely in my thinking. Definitely. Mm. Um, but I took so for the settlement I took a hundred grand up front cash and I took a twenty uh non twenty month non playing contract for ten grand a month tax free. So I, I got paid ten ten grand a month from Sunderland for twenty months to make up the two hundred grand because mm. they were struggling obviously. So I, that's why I took it. I right. didn't take it all as a yeah. lump and uh, 100, 100 grand up front but yeah. I felt like I was helping the club at that point because yeah. instead of paying me eight fifty nine hundred, yeah. I took that <clears throat> but then I didn't get the 1.8 and then I was a little bit like oh dear yeah fuck and, and, and when I was getting the worst thing I actually the worst thing I did was take the 10 over a period of time because if I took it all as a lump I would have probably paid my house off. You could have done. You yeah. could have done a lot more with it than you. Yeah, but because it was coming in at ten, and I'm still got all these things coming out of my accounts because you're living as a footballer. Mm. It takes a period of time to sort of chop everything down. Acclimatize back to normal life. Exactly. Or be normal for the first time, really. So for them, twenty months, I was still living like a footballer, <clears> going out in London, getting tables, going Dubai, going here, going here, first class. Yeah, yeah buying watches, clothes. So it gets to the end of that 20 months, then you're like, fuck, Shit. Yeah. where's that 200 bag gone? It's gone. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And then the, the few savings and investments that you've put in place, 
you're dragging all them out, mm. taking all them out, and then you you think, right, I'll pull it all in, and what have I got? And I had about, I don't know, 500. So it went a lot. I mean, it was a lot, but not for a not, Premier League not footballer. A, not at 26. Yeah, 26. 26-ish, wasn't you? Yeah. So it's all there. And then I thought, it's fucking great. I can live like a footballer for another two years. That was my major problem. Mm. Because so then... You, that short... You're just thinking short term. Short term. I've got enough for another two years. i got enough here <laughs> to live how I'm living now for another two years. Then what? So within them two years, though, was fucking boozing every day. Yeah, I want to speak to you because when we were at Sunderland, you were obviously injured a lot of the time that I was I was with mm. you. But you never used to drink, man. No, I didn't drink, mate. Like, beyond the, Pipes was out for for the, the years that he spoke about but you used to work your bollocks off mm. you never used to drink it I think I remember we went to Dublin on the Christmas do and you did have a drink I had and two I, or three Guinnesses yeah, and I was steaming was, yeah. yeah and you were like this is, <laughs> this is why I don't this is why I don't drink I don't, I don't know if it was because you felt drunk or you didn't you weren't in the right, yeah. the right but you were like this is why I don't and yeah I just I, I just ne- I'm just one of them kids that never never drank you know, growing up, I was that determined to become a professional footballer. And my old man always associated making it as living well, not drinking, eating well, sleeping well. Like, fucking... Giving it, giving it your balls, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And giving I'll it your say balls. again, like, the amount of time that you're out, you did give it your best in terms of in the gym, doing your stuff. Yeah, mate, I was always... It wasn't a case of, like, he was injured, he just kind of tossed it off. No, you no. give up. First in, mate, last out. I always felt like that. Mm. I was in the swimming pool at seven in the morning, suddenly like you. At the time, it was unheard of. For I mean, there was a few other players that were injured and you know worked hard, of course. But I was always like, I'm determined to get back. And and mm. that's part of my thinking with why I didn't take what I took, what I was owed, because I was like, and I'm not trying to be a hero. I don't want to be a hero. And people think, oh, fucking hell, what a good lad. It weren't that. It's my mind has always been ultimate professional. Do this, do that. So then that's why I probably needed that release as well. Yeah. So going snowboarding with my Because you've done that for brother. so many years. Yeah, I think so. And say so strict. And then it starts on weekends and living well and then going down London and going here and doing that. And then I remember the first time I had a fag. Never had a fag in my life. Got to 26, 27. And there was it, and my my marriage had, not my marriage. She was my fiance. It sort of broke down. She had she had gone back to Leicester with my my boys, my three boys. She had gone back to Leicester. We sort of split up, and I was sort of free and single. And I I, I was out, and I was in Marbella, and I was drinking, and I was spending money everywhere. And I, I met this girl, and she was a model, and she was like, "This is how stupid it sounds now," but she was like. Do you smoke? And to impress her, it was like that prayer pressure. I went, yeah, yeah, I smoke. Never smoked a fag in my life. <laughs> I went, yeah, I smoke. Give us one of them here. Like I, I smoked. And this is how I found out now as I've got older. I've got an addictive personality. So she gave me a fag. I coughed myself <laughs> through the first one. An hour later, I'd smoked 13 fags. Do you know what I mean? It's like that addictive personality. And then as you move on and you get back to Leicester and like you, you, you're still buzzing from the high in Marbella but you ain't got the drink the girls the parties the going out anymore then you're like fuck it let's have a party at home right I'm drinking and then I drink and then 
a guy comes around who says, oh, do you fancy some weed? Oh, what's weed? Boom, start smoking weed. Shit, fucking hell. Oh, no, Trevor's wicked. turned up a cough. <laughs> <laughs> I coughed my way through the first one. I had 13 <laughs> joints in the first hour. <laughs> so basically what I'm trying to say is it just snowballed yeah. really quickly. I'm, I'm shocked. Like you saying yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. I remember well, you. That's that. how I remember him. You've, you've not got that focus anymore. Yeah. That, that's the no, stru- being the no structure really so now you've got to replace mm. it with someone else yeah no structure no focus because I, I do I talk about this now I, I do mental health chats and addiction talks because it hit me for six because I didn't see it coming just a normal kid always dedicated to football didn't drink didn't smoke no abusive background <clears throat> anything that, that some people sometimes relate those kind of issues too. Bear in mind as well, you said it was a relief when they said you were finished. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you, you, sh- you were happy to get away from it, but you yeah. mustn't have been. Well, the, the thing that fell down for me, I mean, looking back now, is focus and structure are two massive things in my life. If I've, like, I've replaced football now with business and fitness. So I do, I work in the gym every day. If I don't do it, I start getting... I start, I don't feel right. I've got to do it. I've got to keep myself fit. It's good for me mentally as well as physically. But then business, tunnel vision on business and trying to grow my academy. You've got a goal. You've got another goal. Yeah, there's that goal there which gives you a focus. When I didn't have anything in front of me to to look at, what am I trying to achieve? It just became a whole lot of nothing. So I started drinking. And even people say, what about your kids? What about like this what about family and it was like it got to that point I was doing a litre of whiskey a day and it weren't even good whiskey it was <laughs> fucking Bell's from the is that is that, is that a shitter whiskey is it Bell's is the, the shittest office. whiskey you can get and it was like from the it weren't the from job. the off licence it was from the garage down the road and when I knew I really had a problem is I used to go down there in the morning and I went to 18 stone you're seeing me now uh 14 stone two. I played in the Premier League at 11 and a half stone. I was 18, nearly 18 and a half stone. I was, for me, I was huge because my frame's not a big frame. And I used to walk down the um, the garage and I used to come around the corner of the garage where my estate is and you come round and the, the geezer who was working there just used to see me coming and go, reach back and get a bottle of Bells and put it on the counter. Shit. When he started doing that, I thought, Fuck, I've got a problem. But by then, it's habit. Yeah, you're addicted. So we we just we just <coughs> we drinking like lager before it, and then oh, we just bump no, straight up every time it bought on the bells. Wait, woke up in the morning. <coughs> My favorite thing to do is wake up in the morning, and obviously everyone had left me. My mates were sort of not around. My brother was still speaking to me, but he he'd call me a loser. And I, growing up, I was like his hero. Because he's like 18 months yeah. younger than me. And he always wanted to be a footballer. Why did your mates spin you? Is that one of the reasons? Because you're not a footballer no, anymore. No, because I'm fucking getting into fights on weekends. Started turning into a person that's not nice to hang around with. Um, so they sort of got the, the end of the tether with you, really? Yeah, no, no. Pretty much. I mean, they they kept it for a long time. But mm. then I started trying to... I look back now, it was awful. You, you, you know, the drink gets you and you're trying to manipulate people. If you mm. don't come out with me tonight, I ain't speaking to you again. I ain't gonna fu- fuck you as a mate. What? Fuck off. I ain't coming out with you if you're talking like that. So I go out on my own. Then I get steaming. Then I say something stupid to someone. I get filled in. 
So I was waking up in the morning with battered fucking teeth missing, like waking up in places that I didn't even, I, I had no clue where I was. Like couldn't find all my clothes, fucking shocking. The worst, worst time of my life. Mm. And you, you never know what happens to you because you can't remember the night before. You don't know what's happened. Waking up in all these, all these situations. And then luckily my, my old dear, and I didn't know she was doing it, she got in touch with this place called Sporting Chance, which is Tony Adams's charity. And they said, they said, listen, he's got to want it for himself because we don't just, you can't just turn up. He's got to want it for himself. It's got to be 24 hours clean and sober. So this is probably 11 months of me drinking every day. and, and Proper drinking and all, if, it's, yeah. if you're drinking fucking the old Bell's paint stripper. Yeah. And I, and I went down there. So they say, come down. Got to be sober when you turn up. We'll do sort of a, an interview with you. And then we'll take it from there. And I can say this because he said it in public. So I'm allowed to say this because you're not normally allowed to say it. So I went down there on my like sort of interview day, sort of, they, they interview you. They want to help everyone, but so they've got to make sure. So took you down, your, your, your mum took you my down. My old dear took me down, she's the only one who, my dad didn't know what to say, because he was like, didn't have a clue how to deal with it. Mm. So he was talking to me, but he didn't know what to do. So he just sort of arms distance. Mm. My brother was not really talking to me. My mates were gone. My missus had left with the kids. So there's sort of no one left. My mum stayed and she was sort of coming around every day and trying to help me. And she took me down, we drove down. I said, yeah, I'm gonna stay sober, I'm gonna stay sober. And I had took a little like flask in my bag. Cause you, then you can't start to function without the booze. Yeah. So then I was fucking drinking on the way down every time we stopped cause it's down near Southampton where we got down there and I was not drunk. I styled it out well, but I had stuff yeah. in my system. I walked in, one of the first geese and I seen Paul Gascoigne. He was like, how are you, mate? He didn't know me, obviously, but he gave me a hug. He said, do you want a cup of tea, big man? And I was like, fucking hell. Like, because he, when I was growing up, him, Ian Wright, there was a, I've got a couple of legends, he was one of them. I was like, didn't know what to say. I was like, a bit like, fucking hell. Did he look in a bad way? No. Just No, he looked, he looked good. He looked, I think he'd been in there and he had, like, he was coming to the end of his time and then they start interviewing the new boys who they're going to bring in for the next crop. So he was sort of finishing off and he looked good and he made me a cup of tea and he said, he just said, it just gets old of you, doesn't it, mate? And the, the way that he spoke and he was just fucking sound geezer. You know, for someone, I've met him since as well. He comes to Leicester a lot because he, he lives in Leicester now. So he comes to the Leicester games a lot and I met him and I've told him that story and he can't remember it, but I'll never forget it. One of them ones where you're like, fucking Paul Gascoigne made me a cup of tea. And <laughs> <laughs> it was that. At the time, you, at the time you're probably thinking, Good brew. I'd rather have a fucking night out with you, mate, than you yeah, met me a cup yeah. of tea. Thing is, who told the story when he made the cups of tea? Glenn Little told yeah, the story. Mm. Made everybody a cup of tea, but he put laxative in it. <laughs> oh, <fuck. laughs> he could have done you there. <laughs> so he was, mate, he was sound. And then I was like, I started feeling like, oh, I've had enough of this now. The doc was telling me you, your liver's starting to become fucked. You like if you don't stop soon, you're going to be fucked. But I was also on this other thing called Valium. So Valium is like a fear drug. You take a Valium, and people take it if they don't like flying or whatever. And you sort of get on the plane, and you're like, 
come on, let's fucking get in the air. <laughs> but, uh, that's why it makes me laugh. A bit like the old snooze. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't matter where I'm flying yeah. to. So it was like, it was like, I was taking that and I was obviously drinking the whiskey. And then I went in there and it, f- like, it changed, it changed for me. Like, the, you, you do counselling, you fucking, you do football training again, you do all sorts. And they ignited a passion in me to, to coach football. So then I thought, fuck it. And while I was in there, I had the idea to do what I'm doing now, but that was literally 10 years ago. But I had the, f- the first idea for what I'm doing now, I had it in there, one in my own academy, football, and I wanted to, to take young lads in that were sort of struggling and use football as the carrot to get them an education and like give them a focus. So you went into the Priory, obviously, doing a, a, a bottle of whiskey a day. What did you, what were you what were your thought process when you came out? Yeah, that was difficult because you while you're in there you go to AA. And AA is Al- Alcoholics Anonymous and you sort of go in and people are talking about oh like each to their own but people were talking about there was this one guy I always remember he told a story about I I hid it that well from my wife now. I I've poured all the vodka in my window wiper sprayer on the car in his car and he'd go in there at night pretend he's working on his car with his bonnet up and he's got a straw at his window wiper sprayer like drinking and I'm like fuck me I'm not mine ain't like that I'm not as bad as that so then you're always putting yourself up against who you're bad as who you're worse than who's it but it's not about that it's about if you've got a problem to control drinking and if you can't stop so all these people are talking but then it started to get I'd, I'd go to it for three or four months and then people would be like I walked by a pub today and I nearly had a, I nearly passed out. It was a, and I thought, you know what? I think I could drink and control it. I think I just used it to as the escapism. Yeah, as the escape to to get away from all them that shit that was going on because football had finished. And I didn't know what and I wanted to do. It was about understanding that and getting your head around it. I think so. And and some people you would talk like that to who haven't touched a drink in 20 years and say, that's fucking dangerous thinking like that. You can't do that because, because they'd say to me in there as well, in Tony Adams's place, that if you touch a drink again, it will be the end Relapse. of... Relapse. Yeah, it will be the beginning of the end. Yeah. Right. Like you'll kill yourself because you can't stop. And I always thought, but I can stop, but I just got into a habit of drinking whiskey every day because I didn't have a focus. Now I've got a focus again. And, and when I came out from Tony Adams' place, I didn't drink for 28 months. So nearly three years. I didn't touch a drink. Didn't touch a drink. And then I got to a point in my life where my relationship with my ex-missus, I didn't get back with her, but we had a good, strong relationship with the kids. I was seeing the kids nearly half the week. She has them half the week. I have them half the week. I met a new woman that I love. Uh, my friends came back into it. My family connections were close again, and so you just you built all them bridges back up. Then yeah, they were sort of back much. up, and it was so dangerous because the first time it oh. was a glass of red wine. That's why I was just about to ask. Them. Yeah, for twenty eight months you've not had a drink, and you you've obviously got to the point where you thought I'm gonna have one. Yeah, well, I still could have gone either way. Yeah, that's what I mean. What was, was a scary moment? It was fucking petrifying because but you I was, felt you were in control. I felt. I said, this this in this glass or whatever it is, is not stronger than me. That's what I felt. Yeah. And, and a lot of people tell you that's the wrong that's way to difference. think. Yeah. But I thought, 
I thought, I, I, I feel in a good place. I had a focus again. I started thinking about building this academy and coaching. and So I just went, fuck it. And I picked this glass of red wine. In up. a blasé attitude. A little in bit. In a bit of a blasé. A like, little oh, bit. fuck it, I can do it. Yeah, but it, at the but time, it was a big thing. in the... Yeah, I can, in, in I can the do fact this, that I'll be all right. <laughs> One thing I've always said to myself, I'll never drink whiskey again. And I've not. But I, I love a beer. Occasionally I have a glass of wine, but I'm, I feel good. I feel like I don't overdo it. See, I didn't know all this. If I'd have known all this, I wouldn't have had a pint me now. Did you not? No. Really? No, no but I, I've been drinking now for the last... How long is it? Seven years. Eight At least years. you've not just said, well, that yeah. first glass was... It was all right. <laughs> yeah. I had one I've had in 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> I've been drinking seven years now. This is I've not stopped. <laughs> it's them. It's them. See, so when I go out Saturday, Sunday, the uh, Monday, Tuesday is horrible. Yeah. You know, that, yeah. that, that, it's, that yeah. makes us not want to drink. Yeah. And, you, know, and, you know what I mean? It's, mm. You're not in a good place, are you? And, no, and you, you get the thought process in your head. You feel down. And that's why I drank again. Because if you drink again then, you, it makes you feel better. Yeah, what is this? Is this so. back when you when you were on the whiskey? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So you just didn't sober so, up. So I was drinking, say Friday night, Saturday night, because they're the nights that people go out and drink. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, if you start drinking on Sunday night, people go, "Fuck, you know, drinking on Sunday night? You got work tomorrow." I didn't. I ain't got yeah, work. yeah. So I drink on a Sunday night, and then it changed into f- that feeling you've just said, Brian, eh? of like, in itself. Oh, it's horrible. Fucking depressed. Oh, what am I gonna do? Everybody else is at work. Yeah, I ain't got no th- nothing to do. Fuck it, I used to put Jeremy Kyle on and I used to fucking boom, get on it again. So, and it just it just took over like that. But I do drink now, I have been drinking for the last seven years, I'm not going to deny that. Some people come on when they hear my story and they say, fuck off, I can't believe you started drinking again. But I, I, I told them guys in Tony Adams' place, I don't feel like I'm an alcoholic, I feel I got into a, a, a rut of feeling shit and not wanting that feeling of depressed when you've had loads to drink so drank again and again and again and again and it just lasted for me for 11 months so do you know after your first glass of red wine did you just have the one no I had that then I had three or four beers then I was steaming <laughs> and did you like it that, the, the feeling of being pissed again yeah. What about the morning after? Did you feel regret? A little bit. The first morning after, I felt like shit. Like that. But I didn't in, overdo it on the first night. In whose company were you in? I was in really close friends. Right. So really were, close friends. Were they, were they sort of like, fucking hell, Pipes? Come on, mate. No, he was more like, he was like, listen, whatever you want to do. I remember we had a hotel room. We were staying in a hotel for the night and we were going out in Leicester. <coughs> meeting a few few girls, one of them who now is my wife. <laughs> Bit of Dutch Mad courage. story. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. And we went out and um, I remember that feeling of being like, feel good, feel nice. I weren't fretting like, oh shit, I've drunk again. I weren't like that. Mm. I was like, cool, I feel all right. And he, my mate was like, mate, it's just a drink, mate. You'll be fine. And, and obviously that's dangerous with some yeah. people because if you say that to some people yeah. and then it goes the wrong yeah. way but I think he knew he, know, knew, he knew with me 
and I felt comfortable in it, in his company and <laughs> who we went to meet. And f- listen, I've got one of them stories where it's worked out for me. Yeah. Mm. I wouldn't like an alcoholic to be listening to this think. and think that will work that. for me like yeah. that because I think everyone's different. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But it, it feels as though, and, and the life that I live at the minute, as long as I've got focus and structure, I'll be all right. Who knows? I'm never. I'm never saying that I'll never have a problem with drink again. Mm. I'm saying who knows if if that structure and focus left my life, would you spiral back into? I into just don't that? know. But that, but, but it's that awareness that's the solution. Yeah, yeah, I think so. It's part of the solution. Well, we, obviously we've had Dino, haven't we? Dean Windass, yes. uh, and he's had problems with obviously depression and. And, and drink to a certain extent and Dino can Dino's the same as you mm-hmm. Dino can he, he don't drink through the week and he'll, he'll have a drink on a Friday and a Saturday mm-hmm. Monday morning comes and he's, he's he's not bothered through the week everybody that we've had on it seems to be like I know Clark Clark I was saying that he didn't class himself as an alcoholic he, mm-hmm. he, he felt like he could, could pick and choose he mm-hmm. just had to do something whether it yeah. was gambling, just as an escape, what you said. Yeah. yeah. So with you, it was that, wasn't it? You, yeah. You, you, you didn't class yourself as an alcoholic. Mm. You just had to do something to yeah. get away from think, reality. I don't kind think, of thing. I, I don't know if, obviously can't speak from uh, experience, but I don't think, you don't realise you're an alcoholic until you realise it. Yeah. Or you'd no, stop earlier. You'd stop earlier. Yeah. So like, yeah. if you're, as, as Pipe said, 11 months, right? If you'd well have got into being an alcoholic before you realise. If you'd have got alcoholic. to five months and thought I'm an yeah. alcoholic, you'd have gone to the priory after five months, not eleven months. Mm. Do you know if your mum denial? If your mum didn't do that, I wouldn't do it. Did I wouldn't have done that. I I, re, I remember back to that time. It was crazy times, crazy like, and this is hard to admit. I, I've said it before, so. It's not a it's not a new thing that you're getting. Well, it's not a scoop for us. Fucking hell, pipes. Well, do you know what? <laughs> it's it sort of I've masked over it before, but the, the, it's because you don't want to admit it because it's 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 difficult. But I, when I was drunk, and I took, I've said it recently on something. I took about, I don't know. I was so drunk, I don't know. Between forty and sixty pills, you know, and that can kill people. Well, like paracetamol. So, so, all of them, like everything, Valium, paracetamol, everything was there. And I was just that in some, mind? I, I don't know. I don't know. I honestly don't know because I was I was so drunk. But and what I did, and I live near a graveyard, and my granddad's buried there. My mum's dad, and she was the only one that was seeing me anymore. Mm. I had my dog, and I had my mum. They're the two that were the only seeing me. My brother was still seeing me, but he, he weren't liking what he was seeing. And I tipped all these pills out on the side and I just grabbed them all and I was just like putting them in my mouth like Smarties and just fucking drinking it back. And I remember feeling, oh, you bastard, something's going wrong. And then I was getting stomach cramps and then like heart palpitations. I was like, fuck, I'm going to die. And I walked through the back of my estate and into this graveyard and laid on my granddad's grave. Right? And went sleep fucking just went into like a not a coma but fucking you were just out of it yeah and my mum came round the house and at the time everyone was on panic 
fucking hell, has he killed himself? Is he going to kill himself? Is this happening? Is What's going on? Oh, Where is fucking he? Hell. Where is he? What's happening? And she thought, because I never told anyone, I left my phone at home, I left everything at home, no one knew where I was. My mum was like, I wonder if he's gone up the graveyard. Because I was really close to my granddad growing up. So she fucking drove around there, and I'm laying there with all them pills, fucking passed out. So she dragged me into the car, fucking drove down the hospital, and the, I woke up and I was f like f fucked. Woke up and I was like, and all I remember is there was these two doctors standing over me and they were arguing and my mum was arguing with them whether to section me or not. You know, like to put me in a mm. mental institution yeah. because they thought I'd tried to kill myself. And they were asking me them questions. Did you try and kill yourself? But of course you're gonna say, did no, you no, no. Well, why did you take all them pills? We've had to pump your stomach, they pumped my stomach this is the weird thing they made me drink charcoal so they get charcoal and then they pour this stuff on it and it sort of um, sort of like turns it liquefied and then you drink it because when it goes into your stomach apparently it draws the drugs to it really? so it's, it don't like it's a bit, it's a bit like putting a, a sponge in then really yeah 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 to like drag it in mad so and then these two doctors were arguing about sectioning me and I thought and my mum was like, she tells the story now, she said, if you got section then, it could have been like the start of something, yeah, like yeah. a real not good place. So, but luckily they didn't section me. I didn't die. And, and, you, and you're, still, you're still none the wiser as in to think, did I just take the drugs for another sort of, not, well, probably a high really, just to, to, to get more off your tits. Yeah. Off your <laughs> yeah. face. Or, it, it weren't that. Or, it, Do you take it think in in a subconscious that we're thinking fuck I've fucking had enough? I think so. Like and and people, I think it was more. I think it was more like this. You got to remember, you fucking a liter whiskey deep. You've been pissed for eleven months, steaming. Or however long it were, fucked. You ain't got no one really left other than you old dear who's coming round and and you got <laughs> your dog. And I thought, fuck it. That's what I thought. So whether that means I tried to kill myself, I don't think I actually sat there and thought, I'm going to take my own life today. I don't, I don't believe I did that, mm. but I believe I was like, fuck it. Yeah. So however people want to construe that. And but but Kesira, Asira, what will be, will be. I'm going to take them and whatever happens, happens. Yeah, yeah. Sort of that kind of thing. Just mad that these decisions are made, like when you, but you've just had a, a litre bottle of whiskey. Do you mm. know like. It's mad, mate. And that's why when, when you hear all these stories coming up about people that have taken their own life, a lot of the time, like I don't want to talk for anyone else, but for me, I always look at them kind of stories and think there's some that are in such a dark place that they think that's the best outcome, obviously. But then yep. there's some that probably are drunk or high yeah. or whatever and think, fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I did. Because if I had died back then and I was looking down on myself now, I think, oh, mate, yeah. you fucking what idiot. A, what a waste. It's scary. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's really, it's so difficult, I think. Mental illness, suicide, depression. It's fucked. So the academy has become my number one focus right now. Family, academy, um, 16, 17-year-olds that ain't got a focus that we've been speaking about. I when I was back in that rehab place, that's what I thought. I want my own academy. I want to help some kids that 
sort of ain't got a focus in life. So a lot of it's not just about football then. No, no, I think it's more than that. that. Experiencing, yeah, I think it's more the fact that it's not that it's football's not the actual main reason behind it. It's everything else, and football's just a part of it. Yeah, football. I always describe it as football's the carrot. So these kids, most of them, have got an interest in football. We have all sorts of different levels. I mean, we're playing Sunderland soon. Our elite team are really good. I'll see if they'll give you some of that fucking money back. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to see. They will, mate. I'm telling you. But so, sort of elite side all the way through to just just enjoying a bit of football and a bit of um, fitness. But we run a life skills program alongside it. And we also, and they get their education. So, them kind of lads that have, they finish school and they're sort of looking around like... Don't know what to do. do. I haven't got a focus. So normally, I mean, it's at the minute, it's it's just we we take inner city kids from the middle of Leicester and those kids that ain't got a focus normally, they're they're not bad kids at all. They're good lads. But all of a sudden, the ones that have been on the street for a while, you 20, 21-year-olds, whatever they're doing, dealing drugs, nicking cars or whatever, they look at them 16, 17-year-olds leaving school and they're like, hey, Come and do this with us. And because they, them 16, 17-year-olds ain't got focus, they're very easily, easily led, led and, uh, into that kind of life. So now we sort of, we've got 51 boys now and we've, we're doing all right. Uh, and they're good lads. Making a difference. Yeah. We're trying to. And I ain't no saint. I never will be. But I said this to one of the kids the other day and he said, shut the fuck up, you're blagging. He's only 17. I said, I'm not. It's God's honest truth. I enjoy what I do now more than being a, a professional footballer. And, you know, if you said that to me when I was 20 or 15, that from six, you'll have a dream to be a footballer and play in the Premier League or whatever and see yourself a match of the day, you actually get there and that didn't fulfil me. It never did. I know I got the injuries, so I might be a little bit resentful. There might be some of that in it but it didn't fulfill me. Mm. What I'm doing now, it, this is what makes me happy. So that's why I can have a drink and I can have a good time with people and still be all right. This, this is the pipe that I remember. Yeah. You know, obviously in between that, you've, you've been to a bad place and whatever, but it's great to see you back. Yeah. It, it Enjoying did, it again. Yeah, it's co- I, it comes full circle. you feel resurrected? I do, yeah. Pipes is back. He is. Pipeño's back. Pipeño's <laughs> fucking back in the house. Oh, you know what? Pipeño, unfortunately, will never come back because one of my knees is fucking worse than ever. <laughs> Look, did that's you see me when I hobbled in? Snowballing. Yeah, <laughs> that's done, yeah. Oh, super. Yeah, that was fantastic, man, Pipes. Mate. Thank you very much Brilliant. for coming on. Brilliant. Anytime, boys. Fucking hell. I didn't think I was going to have any stories in any time. Hey. Oh, no, I'm I'm fucking... How many hours were that? Finish with a Christmas carol or that you brought that up. (laughs) 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.